0: Welcome to episode 107 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about a gene that helps protect elephants from cancer, and I focus on another breed, this time a bunny. We learn about two new African feathered favorites, and about our animal of the week. So let's get to it. Episode 107 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 107 of the Animal Addicts Podcast, our last week in Africa. As always, we are host Allie and Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to?
1: I went to Jungle Bells at the San Diego Zoo.
0: And how was that? Cold. <laughs> yeah, accurate.
1: <laughs> Wasn't as busy as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, did
0: you go on like a weekday or a weekend? Sunday. Okay. Yep. So yeah, should have been busy. Weird.
1: Yeah, it was very weird. Um, but yeah, we didn't go to the Aurora show. I I messed up. Cause I saw a sign and it said it said Aurora and it was like I think six at the time yeah when it was happening it's like it's like oh it starts at six so we were just standing there waiting for it to start and it's like it's past six it should be starting it's like and there's like no one around yeah and it's like that's oh. your first indication yeah no there were people around just not that many oh, okay. and then uh, my mom was like looking for it like on the phone and it's mm-hmm. like then I figured out because there's Aurora the show yeah. and then there's the path. And apparently, oh, I was looking yeah, at the yeah. path on the that path side. The path
0: is so weird. Yeah, I feel so bad for all of those actors. Mm-hmm. I would not want to have to do that.
1: Yeah, some of them are very entertaining though. <laughs> it's like, and they're punny. They're very punny people. I do enjoy punny. Yes, obviously. but it's like so funny because like me and my sister treat that pathway like it's the scare zone at oh, Universal God. Studios. Okay, yeah. As like, don't make eye t- contact. Don't make eye contact.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just feel awkward. So yeah, uh,
1: honestly. It was funny because like there was this one girl she was dancing but she didn't have like her little globe thing. It's like
0: oh weird. I know. <laughs> I thought they all have a globe. Thing. That's what I thought too. Weird. Okay.
1: No, yeah. Um, and like my mom and sister, had never seen it. Um, uh, we ended up not going to it, and we just because we decided. Was it at seven? Yeah, it was at 7. I was
0: going to say, because they don't do the walk thing that long before mm. it. Okay. Yeah,
1: it was at 7. So we decided, like, hey, well, let's just go down to see the leopards and stuff. So we went down. Couldn't really see the leopards much. Well, they were all... Dark. Too, yeah. That's
0: fine, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but sometimes the cats are up at night hours, so... I guess that's true. But, um, like, the leopard uh, in Africa Rocks, they were... She was up and active. Okay. Until she decided to lay down in her cave.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the majority of what they're going to do.
1: Yep um so then but there was also like the snow and it's like okay let's go to that and we've spent a good 10 minutes <laughs> trying to figure out where it was at
0: they have snow at the zoo now yeah they used to always be the park mm-hmm. i mean back when they actually yeah did
1: well stuff. it's just a little like it's fake snow it's s- s- soap <laughs> oh just, it's but... like the disneyland yeah okay like i disneyland, thought you meant like because like, not... they
0: used to have actual snow at the park yeah no not like in. that <laughs> oh,
1: okay yeah but we went to go see that it's and it's like, we, was something brewery, beer garden or something, it's like, yeah, and it was marked number 12 on the map, and me and my sister was like, where on earth is this thing at? Because it's not in numerical order. So I don't <laughs> oh, get no. what's the purpose of the numbers, really. <laughs> and it's like, we couldn't, it took us so long to figure it out. It's over by California.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, there's a little bar there. Oh, we're there. like that bar
0: yeah. and that little off, okay, yeah. Yeah,
1: but. So it was there. So we went and there was caroling there too. So they yeah, were singing and yeah. I was like, went through that, sitting, and then the snow started going and it was like knots, but it actually lasted longer than at knots, okay. which I don't remember because like, I didn't go this year mm-hmm. and I have a horrible memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Disney is awesome because it goes with the fireworks. So mm-hmm. it's like this magical amazingness, especially like the first time you're like, oh, and then you get it and you're like, it's soap. <laughs> <laughs> soap <laughs> so but like funny. the show around it is so good that yeah. you're just like oh this is amazing and then you're like it's soap well I'm mm-hmm. clean now
1: yeah um let's see also it was like kind of interesting cause um this was the first time we had seen the lioness war- roar at the zoo oh okay yeah also there were there's one lady she got lost and like she was on the back side of the lion enclosure lovely, and lovely. like the bus had to stop and Taylor's like no you can't be back here <laughs> Yeah. i feel
0: like they should do a better job of blocking that off they
1: do like should, i've seen it happen so many times it happens
0: constantly mm-hmm. and then people are like standing like right against it too yeah. they're like nope mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> not a good choice
1: yeah and um it was funny because like they were acting like typical house cats because like the male was on his perch just napping mm-hmm. and then his sister comes up and Buffs him on the head, <laughs> and then they start roaring at each oh. other. <laughs> yeah, so my mom was standing there trying to get video of yeah. it. Yeah, it's like mm.
0: they're being sillies. Yep. It was oh, so the kitties.
1: Mm-hmm. It was intense sounding.
0: Well, that's true. That'd yeah, be a little more. It'd be a little more intense with that because that's mm-hmm. pretty rumbly. Yep. And I'm like, oh dear, I don't want to make you angry. I think one time, a while ago, I guess it was the park. It's been a bit. I feel like the the tiger was roaring think it was i've
1: seen them do it a couple times at the park
0: yeah they don't do it a lot it's no. pretty rare there mm-hmm. was the one time years ago when i thought we were about to die um but then there was it was more recent and i think he was or she i don't remember which mm-hmm. one but i think they were roaring a little bit and i'm like oh i think that's a tiger because it wasn't close It did not like it was coming from where the lions are so mm-hmm. anyway all right, well, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. We didn't focus as much on like animal stuff, although my mom was happy because mm-hmm. the caracal was finally out in its ambassador enclosure and was actually up trying to chase a mouse that was outside.
0: Every time I've gone lately, they've been up. Oh, really? Yeah. Usually they're down on the ground, though. Mm-hmm. And they're looking. But the lady, when I was there last, she said that there's a squirrel that torments it.
1: Oh, my God. She's like,
0: there's a squirrel that torments it. So it'll go like under the bridge area. Or it's uh, not yeah. a bridge, but that like deck area. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely very focused. And yeah. it'll go. And then the binturong was moving a bit and it like looked over at the Bintrong. So, anyway, but it's been out like almost every yeah. time I've gone lately. Yeah,
1: we saw the bintrong over there, and now they actually have signs. So I think they've just they have signs now. Yes, they have the caracal, bintrong, and the tamandua sign.
0: Finally. Yeah. So I
1: think those are the permanent residents they have picked because be I good. know a couple times I've seen like there's a sloth in one of the enclosures. Oh, really? And a prehensile-tailed porcupine. Yeah, I saw in the porcupine.
0: I don't know what kind of it's a porcupine for sure. Yeah. But that's the only thing I've seen. It's usually the bintrong and usually the caracal, mm. but then the other one seems to swap. Yeah. But that's good that they have a sign. Mm-hmm. And then also I felt like offended because one time when I was there and of course they have no signs, So people are like asking what the cat is. And I'm like, you're asking. So I'm going to say like, I feel weird talking to you like out of the yeah. but Like you're asking and no one has the an answer. I'm like, that's a caracal. And they're like, don't believe me. I'm like, all right, that's on you. <laughs> uh. oh, <laughs> I know what I'm goodness. talking about. I don't know what to tell you about. <laughs> and I'm like, they're from Africa. That's what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I still love when people get a serval mixed up with a cheetah. I'm like, come on, folks! Yeah, you know what a cheetah looks like. You don't have to know what that cat is. That is acceptable, but that is not a cheetah. Get it together.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: oh they definitely yeah. thought it was. Um, they thought the caracal was a bobcat or a lynx, and I'm like, hey, that's acceptable. It's, that's exce- yeah. a lynx is acceptable for a caracal. You'd be yeah. like, it's like a desert lynx.
1: Yeah, <laughs> anyway. like I work with a lynx, so it's like a lynx is so much bigger. <laughs> Really, in my
0: like beefier or like yeah, taller? definitely beefier. Yeah, they're definitely beefier. Mm-hmm. Also, I imagine the feet are just massive. Yep, I would not want to get hit by that. Mm-mm. I, don't have all I remember
1: these... though we were doing a show once. This like um, we were talking about like how sometimes if it's like a show we do every year, it's like someone might be a repeat visitor yeah. and it was like we've seen this animal before. It's like we have only so many we can bring. It's like what do you want me to do? Bring a l- our links. bring out a
0: lion or something? It's, yeah.
1: Like and then I was talking. I was like I'd be terrified. If, like because our lynx is not leash trained or anything. Yeah. It's like I could not imagine. That.
0: No, a lynx like, would rip you apart. Yes. Like you might survive that but you're gonna be jacked up. Yep. You're gonna be jacked. Yeah. Anyway. Alright. Well exciting times. But yeah,
1: it was a fun day. Thankfully it wasn't too crazy busy.
0: That's good. Yep. Especially at the zoo, it's always like you're mm-hmm. probably it's probably gonna be crazy. Yeah. The park is better yeah. for crowds.
1: But like my mom still didn't get to see the Aurora show and it's like it's cool. Not like something crazy I'd go no. to go see again, really.
0: No. And yeah. the picture makes it look way cooler than it, it is. It does. Like,
1: if it was the like picture, the picture. If it was like the
0: picture, I'd be like, heck, mm-hmm. sign me yeah. up. But it's nothing no. like the picture. Mm-hmm. It's like, meh. Yeah. Um. So if you come to the San Diego. I feel like,
1: was there something before Aurora? I cannot remember. I feel like there was. Well, they
0: used to do, I don't think it was in the holidays, but they used to do a show over what is Africa Rocks now, and they had that theater over there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was the show... But it was, like, I think Australia-themed, and it was a bunch of, like, circus-type performers. Oh. It was really cool. I like the show. Oh, I do
1: remember it now.
0: Yeah. I like that show.
1: Because I know in, over in Africa Rocks, they have Dr. Little.
0: Yeah, they it. have that kind of stuff. But it's not that the other yeah. show was pretty – I really like that other show. Because mm-hmm. they also used to do, I want to say, Pandemonium or something. It was some mm-hmm. other little laser show they used to do in that. But mm-hmm. theater, they used to have good stuff over there, but now yeah. that's gone. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. But, yeah, I don't remember something before Aurora, but Aurora's kind of like, meh.
1: Yeah. It's meh. The zoo at
0: Christmas like is just meh. Most also because it's so cold. And you can't really see. Yeah. Once it's dark, you can't really see the animals really, so it's like, alright.
1: I can't remember if they did something for Halloween. I can't. They did uh, Halloween. Oh wait. <laughs> I just didn't
0: go to go see it, but you went to it. You did I did.
1: About it. I do remember.
0: I can't remember animals. Yeah. He can't remember, but he's done in life. There you nope, go. I can't. <laughs> so I watched a documentary, uh, the Supernatural series on Disney and this episode was called Bloodline. So this is the one where they do the weird visual effects. And this time it wasn't as bad, I feel like. But mm-hmm. it was still weird. It's definitely they're trying to make it superhero-y. So I think they're trying to appeal to, like, little kids or something. I don't know. Anyway, so this one was Bloodline. And it's about how parent, mostly parenting-type situations. Trying to get your bloodline to survive in different parenting techniques, I guess. So one was this. I've forgotten all the names of these animals <laughs> One was a bird <laughs> in Africa, and the daddy takes care of the babies. It's real mm. cute, and he, like, puts them under his wing, and they have big old feet. They're ones, like, walking lily pad types.
1: Oh, I think they have them at the safari park in that one aviary. And they
0: don't have them in the, because they do oh. have some like that at the zoo in the hummingbird one. Yeah. But they're not those. Oh, okay. Then I'm wrong. But, but the feet are very similar. Okay. So, anyway, so they do that, um, and it's really cool, because when they, um, when they sense danger, if you can't scoop them, and leave he puts out a call and they all just freeze <laughs> so they have like video the one chick is like in the water Aww. and they got these ridiculous long feet mm-hmm. right and they just like he just like freezes in the water and it just holds still and then this eagle can't see it and then it passes it anyway so that one was about like the daddy he was taking care of it and then um who else then they had a giant river t- amazonian river turtle something like that i don't know And they go lay their eggs on the beach that's only there for a limited amount of time. But then when the eggs come back, mom is still there in the water. What? Turtles don't do that? Uh. So the babies all go. I mean, obviously a lot of them get eaten. (laughs) But the ones that make it out into the water usually find, you know, the mommies. And then they get to be helped out a little bit. So, that was cool. Hmm. And then they focus on peregrine falcons in Chicago, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> and using the... Basically, just because all the skyscrapers, it just helps with thermals and stuff. And like, you right. know, riding around on that and stuff. Um, these are obviously ones they've been studying, though. Because when they zoomed in on some of the chicks, they definitely had a band around their foot. So, I'm like, mm. well, that's not naturally occurring. So, um, so they focus on those. And then they t- looked about the poison dart frogs, which is really cool. So... She goes and she takes her tadpoles up into the trees. And there's, like, an accumulation of water in the leaves. But it's, like, real high up on the trees. So she, like, secretes some, like, mucus or something. And the little pad- tadpole can stick on it. And she mm-hmm. goes up this giant tree and then deposits the tadpole <laughs> oh. in this little leafy pool. Mm-hmm. And then she goes down and eats all the poisonous ants and then gets the venom and then goes and Apparently, so she lays an egg in the little pool. And then the tadpole eats that and it, you know puts all the venom into the pool yep. so then like when the spiders and other predators come they're like oh i can't do that <laughs> so anyway but they were cool also the visuals on that one looked really cool <laughs> when they were like and the kids are this like toxin and then they talked about different shrimp and like all kinds of other animals and like securing your bloodline basically but um i would say and then they had a cheetah mommy who had six oh. cubs also, it just makes me sad, because I feel like when you look at animals and you see how many babies they have, that tells you how likely they are to survive. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, the fact that cheetahs have so many cubs is not good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and they're like, well, this mom comes from a long line of super moms who has <laughs> successfully raised large litters. <laughs> so anyway. What's um, funny
1: is, um, like, <laughs> at least where I work, it's funny how keepers, like, talk, about <laughs> talk down about their animals, because, like, no, like, I love our cheetahs. But our two boys could not make it in the wild. Oh,
0: no. They're,
1: like, we talk about, like, there's a reason males form coalitions, because they are too stupid to figure things out on their own. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> no, like, our, one of our cheetahs, like, body slammed himself one time into his house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, buddy, you would not yeah. do a good job of hunting. Nope. Anyway, so... And then
1: there's the famous, like, she's so elegant. She owns the place.
0: Graceful <laughs> like, and just graceful, like, I've got it all like... under control. <laughs> oh, it's... Anyway, so it was cool. So they show the yeah. cheetahs and um, and then she shows how to... Or they show how she stalks them and obviously spots you know, camouflage, yada. Mm-hmm. But then she uses the heat wave to help disguise her from the animals mm-hmm. because they're Impala specifically. And of course, you know, if you have eyes on the side, it's to see around, but they have bad yep. depth perception. So it's like she's able to get pretty close and then with the heat wave it helps like obscure her a bit. So by the time that she is close enough to attack them, it's you know, they're not the best chance. Yeah. Anyway. So I would give this one a rating of it's kind of a borderline safe, mostly safe. They don't none of these follow families like the really specific ones, but they kinda do because they follow that cheetah. They follow the Peregrine family or whatever. They just don't give them names and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and there's definitely death in varied animals um, But it's none of the animals you're following And they still don't show Like I mean they show them eating it so that's a bloody mess And at one point it's like you see the ribs And stuff and I'm like that cheetah is about to get its eye poked out by a rib right now Also it just freaks me out Not just freak me out but it's just disturbing Which makes sense but when the cat's Just their whole face is covered in blood Because they gotta shove their head in there You know mm-hmm. <laughs> get it so I'm just like it's just not It's not a great look Yeah but anyway, but then, of course, and they're showing how, obviously, other things are preying upon cheetahs, so. Poor cheetah. They have to abandon their kill before they totally finish it, but they all got yep. to eat at least. So, some lions. And it was three male lions, so I was oh. like, oh, you best run. Yeah. <laughs> just mm-hmm. get out now. Mm-hmm. Um, although, let's be real, a lioness would still go and kill them anyway. mm mm-hmm. um, But anyway, lions are just dicks.
1: They're yeah, dicks they to are. cheetahs.
0: They don't even eat them. I mean, I know it's competition, but still, it's like, at least eat it. You mm-hmm. killed it. Eat it. No, I just want to kill it and let your baby sit there and let you see it dead. I'm sending. It's like medieval, like when they hang people up to yeah. make a sign for it. Ugh, oh, awful. Anyway, so um, so yeah, this is kind of a borderline one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip it towards safe, but it's really kind of in the middle. I don't know how I'm gonna put this on the website. I I might tip it to mostly safe. It's still a little disturbing, especially if, like, kids were watching it. It's still a little disturbing, but it's very much like a nature documentary, like, with prey being killed. That mm-hmm. happens. But, like, especially the paragon falcon part's a little, it's a little messy. <laughs> it's a little messy. It is cool, though, because they show them practicing and teaching the chicks different mm-hmm. hunting techniques. of so like, go with the prey and then, like, drop it, and then the chicks have to try to catch it. Or they'll try to, like, hand it off midair and stuff to make mm-hmm. them try to maneuver around to get it. But it's so kind of cool. But also, I was like, you better not drop that. And then, like, not catch it. Because multiple things. You've killed something and now are you going to go find that and eat it. And also, if there's a person walking on the street of Chicago <laughs> and this half-ripped-apart pigeon <laughs> lands <laughs> on their head. <laughs> lands on their head from, like, hundreds of feet up. I'm pretty sure it's going to, like, kill them. <laughs> so, multiple problems with that. Can you imagine a peregrine falcon just killing people? Anyway, <laughs> craziness. So anyway, yeah. So supernatural bloodline. I will say, I think this is more or less my favorite series so far, just because mm-hmm. like I like their storytelling, and Benedict Cumberbatch is a good narrator. I'm really waiting for one that involves penguins, because I can't wait. I can't wait for him saying penguin. But uh, yeah, there oh we my go. Goodness. All right. Well, let's get into what we want to talk about. And Casey, uh, what did you want to talk about today? Elephants. Cool.
1: Specifically about a zombie gene helps protect elephants from cancer.
0: That's really weird. Yes. Okay.
1: So elephants. There's this weird thing with elephants because, like, so basically how cancer works is it's basically accumulation of a bunch of errors during ge- um, cell replication. And once you get a bunch of errors, that's what causes cancer and ultimately leads to uncontrolled cell growth. Okay. Now, the weird thing about elephants is they are a larger animal, have very long lifespans, mm-hmm. so you would expect them to have a certain rate of cancer because of how big they get and For the fact that they live so long, they're going to have so much more cell division. Okay. But when you actually map their rate of cancer, it is lower than to be expected for an animal of their size. Hmm, Okay. And they actually see that for several kinds of megafauna. Okay. So it turns out that there is an old gene from what considered the genome junkyard, which is what (laughs) we—that's what we call junk DNA, where it's like just a bunch of stuff we nothing works. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Like, you'll probably hear, like, the statistic, like, vast majority of your genome it doesn't code for anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. So,
1: basically, that part of your D- DNA, mm-hmm. elephants have um, a segment of DNA that has basically become this um, gene that goes through... And is extra sensitive to any damage that may occur in cell replication. Okay. So it goes throughout the DNA and looks for any misreplications. Okay. So that helps to prevent them from getting cancer. And actually this, uh, there's actually a, it's called the PETO's paradox for these large animals having these lower rates of cancer than expected. (laughs) okay because it's named after a cancer epidemiologist named richard petto
0: okay that makes sense so question though Mm. so when it's going in search of these you know improperly Mm -hmm. replicated things what does it do does it destroy them does it how does it It takes that
1: error out and then replaces it with what's the correct piece
0: how does it take it out
1: chemical bonds basically so it just like absorbs it kind of okay yeah it's kind of like an enzyme it kind of twists the part of the dna so it detaches and then puts in the right code on
0: wow that's cool
1: yeah we um. have stuff like that in our um genome too but this is just much more sensitive and it has a name it's called p53 okay and the elven genome actually has about 20 extra duplicates of it wow yeah, it's a canonical tumor suppressor gene. So basically, like I said, it codes a protein that goes along DNA and looks for any errors. And hmm. by having so many extra duplicates of it, it helps to prevent um, more errors from occurring. So they get lower incidence of cancer. Okay. And it is not the only um, gene that helps elephants fight off cancer. There is also they also have copies of a gene called LIF. Uh, which encodes for a leukemia inhibitory factor. Basically, an inhibitory factor um, is basically a protein that binds to a site on the DNA, which is supposed to stimulate cell division. Okay. So by having this inhibitor, it inhibits it from cancerous cell divisions from happening.
0: Okay. This is complicated, kind of. Yes, it
1: is.
0: Why is it called a zombie gene, though?
1: Because... um, it comes from the, like I said, the DNA junk or the junk DNA that's not supposed to code any, for anything. Okay.
0: So it that's may- That's how it got a same zombie?
1: It once had probably had some kind purpose? of function. Okay. Then it became useless. All and right. went into that so-called junk DNA. Okay. The funny thing is now with more research, we find out a lot of this junk actually does have some purposes. They just don't often call, code for proteins. Okay. Yeah.
0: Alright, well that's cool. Yes,
1: it's very interesting.
0: Are they looking at ways to make that work for people, Yeah, that's
1: one of the reasons that they are researching it, is they want to use it to find some kind of cancer medication.
0: Cool. Alright, well, that's um, happy news. Mm -hmm. Unlike last week, I have happy news. Uh, Well, it's time to talk about another breed, and because it is a five-week month, we get to talk about one of our special breeds. So this time it is a bunny. And today it is? the lion head bunny which when you see a picture then makes all of the sense have you seen the pictures yet
1: oh i have seen this to one's see not
0: bunny. as cute this one's not as cute oh they are uh, definitely cuter ones yeah all right so
1: you remember when people would always come in look for like the line cuts in the grooming department
0: they look so ridiculous most of the time some dogs yeah. look cute with it mm-hmm. oh the other day i was there by the way getting you know pet supplies Do they recognize <laughs> you yes
1: I went in once. Even, I don't think anyone recognized the me. Even with a mask
0: and stuff, they oh, still really? recognize me. Like, our old boss talked uh, to me. Like, other coworkers talked to me, which is fine. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah. But there was this palm that I think is the smallest palm I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like, I thought it was a chihuahua. And then I'm like, <laughs> no, you definitely have distinctive palm features. So, I'm like, ugh. And they're so cute. But, like, that hair just... They're usually not the nicest dogs either. Mm-hmm. I want Maltese because they I've never met a nasty Maltese. They've always been so sweet. Yeah. But I don't want a white dog with the tear stains in the hair to deal with. But their personality is so sweet. Anyway, okay. Off track. So, back to the lion head bunny. Which I want a bunny so bad. Me do. Anyway, okay. So, the most... Uh, this one, I should say. I have three different... Um, well, I guess I'm only using two, so I've lied to you. There are three different things. I will still link so you can check out. But... um. But I'm mostly talking about you. <laughs> so this one is from the ARBA. I forgot what it stands for. It's like American Rabbit Breeders Association. I want to say is what it stands for. It doesn't want to say, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Anyway, um, you can go look that up while I talk about the lion head. Isn't that exciting? So their little snippet about them is, The most eye-catching feature of the lion head rabbit is the distinctive mane around its head, giving it the look of a male lion. Or a female lion with testosterone, as we have learned. <laughs> anyway, yes. as the name implies, while as the name implies, while the lion head has only been a recognized breed in the United States since 2014, it is steadily gaining in popularity throughout the rabbit hobby. In 2018, the lion head roared, capturing its first ARBA Convention Best in Show! Exclamation point, by the way, just so you know. It was <laughs> very exciting for them. Anyway, they're super duper cute. So, uh, let's see here. So, the origination of the lionhead rabbit is not really known, although they are believed to be across from the Angora, or Belgian dwarf, to Swiss fox. They began showing up in what many refer to as being a genetic mutation in France and Belgium in the 1960s. Due to the distinguishably desirable mane, Of fur surrounding their heads, breeders began working with these mutations to lock in those genes. So they would securely be passed from one generation to the next, resulting in the breed that has become known today as the increasingly popular lionhead. Additionally, they were recognized by the BRC in 2002, then further developed and recognized by the ARBA in 2014, like we said. They are a small, compact rabbit that are instantly recognizable by the longer mane of fur around their head, obviously, giving them the resemblance of a lion, and they're available in a wide variety of colors with a single or double mane. A double mane, what? That's crazy. Okay, so a little bit of stuff about them. They obviously talk about their color and what their breed specifics are, but, you know, we don't need to get into that. You can go look at that yourself if you want to. I will have the links um their ring size is c that's fun <laughs> i imagine that has to do with how <laughs> their size okay be my guess um so they are um only about three and a half pounds i wanted a bigger rabbit and i still got a smaller rabbit <laughs> oh well they're about three and a half pounds so they're considered small their lifespan is four to seven years they uh their temperament is calm and friendly And the ownership level they recommend is intermediate to advanced, so not a good one for new um, bunny owners. And uh, (laughs) they just have the standard items. Looks like a lion, prone to wood block, requires more grooming than non-wool breeds. I'm sorry, prone to wool block. Anyway, so that's a little bit about them. And then um, the last site website goes into, and this is Lionhead US Overview, which is the breed page. And you can go to the About the Breed section. They'll talk about what they think, how they were developed a little bit more and stuff, which goes a little more into um, depth, but, you know, started over there, came over here, how it usually is. (laughs) There you go. I'm not going to get into it that much. But they are really cute, and there are, I swear, there are pictures where they're way cuter, Casey. Let me show you.
1: All right. That's not it.
0: Like him. Look how cute he is.
1: I feel like one of our coworkers had a lion head.
0: Maybe. They're real cute. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: And something Rex.
0: Well, there's a Rex. Uh, a Rex is a type of bunny.
1: Okay.
0: And apparently, I was looking into them, too. They're the king of the rabbits, apparently. I think because they're the most popular. I don't really? think it's... They're pretty big, but they're not. Um, I wanted to get a bigger bunny, and I'm really sad because I didn't realize this wasn't very big, but it's just so distinctive looking. And I was looking at Rex, but the information wasn't as good. So.
1: Yeah, I remember working with bunnies, like, the ones we had like... Uh, we're probably all mutts. I would probably. guess. And it's like
0: I want you guys so so much. I want a bunny so bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I really think I want two bunnies.
1: Yeah, my sister wants a bunny too. But like the area, like I would have to do extra bunny proofing because like the area would be up in what is our loft, and it's like I need to make sure this bunny never accidentally tumbles downstairs.
0: Yeah, there's just you have to do so much bunny proofing. Yeah, you have to, you have to bunny proof so many things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, cables.
1: Yeah. Which like ferret proofing
0: tiger lily proofing so mm. this is why i can have a bunny because i have to tiger lily proof yeah um but i really like dream of having a home where i have a little like a small like you know like a quarter of the size of this room ish yeah that's like it's just a in space to be the bunny room so that i can like open up their hutches and let them run in the room and then i can let them free range a little bit if i'm like with them but anyway but don't bunnies weren't you saying that they're better off with singular or with another bunny
1: with another bunny
0: that's what i thought doesn't matter if it probably doesn't matter if they're the same breed or anything, right? They can just nah. be mutts or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean they're all the same species. They're just different breeds. Right. Like, it's like someone saying you can't have a Great Dane with a Irish Wolfhound.
0: I know, but like, like when you have fish, like you're they don't want to put the different like um coris yeah, but that's together. different
1: species of fish. These are all the domestic rabbits. The same but species. I'm talking
0: about like quarries. Like if you have coris. Like different quarries, like there's like the Panda Corries Yeah, they're like, different species. Oh, okay, well fine. Just, they look the same. They just have different colors. <laughs> parkings. Um, anyway, Um. yeah, so bunnies are really cute, and I really want some. Are they supposed to be housed, like, in their hutch together, or just, like, they can have, like, a friend they can see and play with when they want to?
1: Together, for the most part. Like okay. I always, like, everywhere I look to, like, free-range them is, like, you can have, like, an area for them to stay during the nighttime mm-hmm. if you want to. But, yeah, then have, like, a dog crate to use as, like, their bed area
0: yeah well i feel like i'd want them to have a hutch to yeah. have their bed area mm-hmm. and then i would close them in that occasionally obviously it's only if i had money and i could build a, like an extension mm-hmm. on otherwise they're gonna be the hutch most time unless you're out there with them free-ranging them yeah but also i wouldn't want to free-range them everywhere because then you have to mm-hmm. bunny proof your entire house <laughs> i'd rather like bunny proof a room
1: <laughs> okay i found okay this is completely random but it's like i just i uh, just google top 10 most popular bunny rabbit braids and it's like i have no idea ors but it says number one is Holland in love <laughs>
0: Well, they're real cute. Yes, and I'm sure it's a very popular animal for kids. Mm-hmm. So a smaller one is going to be easier for a Isn't child one to handle. I'm
1: really, just called the Dutch.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm telling you, your people are obsessive <laughs> rabbits. There are a lot of American type twos, but um, yeah, but there you got a lot of. There's a lot of like oh Dutch and like. There's a
1: Californian.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a Californian. It's pretty cool. Anyway, it's so cute. There's just there's so many cute
1: ones. They're I just cute. Morning.
0: They're just adorable. So. It's a
1: Flemish giant. I've seen a couple of Flemish giants.
0: I like the English a lot, but they giant ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Angoras are crazy looking, y'all. They are. They are nuts looking. The chinchilla ones are crazy because one of them actually kind of looks like a chinchilla. Yeah. They're like, you're kind of throwing me. Harlequins are real cute, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, bunnies are adorable, and we want them. And that's all I can say. Oh, See, oh, Netherland oh, Dwarf. Look at how cute that is. Mm-hmm. Look at his tiny little ears. It's ridiculous. I think
1: that's the smallest rabbit breed.
0: Probably, it's real small, and it's real cute. Anyway, so there you go. So that was the lion head. Um, Of course, check out those links. They have more information about them, but, um, and we kind of got into care for rabbits before, but the one website, I will tell you, it is from Rabbitpedia. They have more information on um, how to properly care for bunnies and stuff, so you can check them out, and they have way more information on the breed standard and all of that, which we don't really honestly care about because we don't care about showing them they're just cute and if you are getting a bunny you're probably getting it from a pound or something and it's going to be a mutt anyway so
1: mm. how much is like a purebred bunny like, compared to a purebred dog
0: i mean well they said this one was 75 dollars. so dogs are yeah. thousands
1: <laughs> right so mm. i cannot
0: imagine dropping thousands of dollars on a dog that just makes no sense to me whatsoever yeah. that's crazy i could go on a vacation for that money yeah. just go get a mutt or live out in the boonies and one will just show up at your door. <laughs> that happens all the time, too.
1: No, like, some of our animals, that's how we got them. It's like, our aromastics, somebody literally just dropped, put them in a box and dropped them at our gate.
0: Oh, yeah, that
1: happens. It's like.
0: For sure. God. That's how it was at their old employer, too. Dogs mm-hmm. just getting dropped yeah. off. Not just dogs. All kinds of animals just getting dropped off.
1: Somebody brought in rats and put them in a cage on the floor.
0: At least it was in a cage. Yeah wasn't our location or someone else where there was a hamster on a shelf
1: mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was a different location
0: yeah it's crazy <sighs> oh my god well i think the queerest one i've ever had was still the fish the fish in the cart oh
1: yeah my god that
0: was the craziest thing i've ever had and i didn't know what kind of fish they and they were big and mm-hmm. i was like i don't know what these are and i feel like i've traumatized them because i didn't know they were in the cart uh, so this was not uh, great <laughs> yeah. anyway also the humane society's not far away also if you're in san diego <laughs> at least north county san diego I should find the name of that. I don't know if I talked about that when I told the story about um, my friend finding the stray dog out in the boonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're in San Marcos, and they're an emergency vet, and you can drop animals off oh. because they will they will basically call the Humane Society and those groups to come get them. Mm-hmm. So, like, if the Humane Society isn't open or you can't, like, in that situation, the dog was found out in the boonies and it's not part of the Escondido Humane Society, so it has to go through the county. Which is in Carlsbad, which is a drive and a half. Yeah. So from where we were. So I was like, uh, and then there's this emergency vet in San Marcos and they'll take them and then the county will come out and mm-hmm. get them. So anyway, so if you're in North County, San Diego, uh, I should find out what that place is called.
1: <laughs> Near Marietta. I don't think it's in Marietta. I can't remember. But we have this place called, I think, Friends of the Valley. Okay. Um, it's a rescue and they have this area set up where you can like just drop off. The dog that you're giving up or cat. So kind of like, like
0: a firehouse with babies? Yeah. No questions? hmm Well, cool. they just, ha- they require
1: you to, like, sign them off, put information. Otherwise, you're technically illegally dumping an animal.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Which people have been doing lately, apparently.
0: Yeah, it happens. Uh, that is a veterinary specialty hospital in North County. So mm-hmm. if you're in North County, San Diego, and you find a dog after hours, there you go. They'll take them. Oh. I was like, well, the cat's not here, so I don't know what's going on. Anyway, all right, so that is exciting. All right, moving on into our picks, it was Casey's turn to choose a category, and what category is it?
1: Non-raptor African birds.
0: Okay, we're just uh, really going hard on birds right now. Okay, great. So tell us, what was your choice?
1: The Cape Pendulum tit.
0: Okay, and we've gotten into now what tits are. Yep. That's a weird sentence. Um, But anyway, so now you know more about that. If you don't, we'll probably talk about it again, I imagine. But if you haven't, go back a few episodes.
1: Tit basically just means a tiny bird because it's short for titmouse.
0: Right, which is stupid. (laughs) But it's Old English. Old English, which was stupid. (laughs) Stupid. Okay. All right. Moving on. Tell us about them.
1: So their scientific name is Anthoscopus minutus. Aww. This species is found in southern Africa in countries like South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, and Zimbabwe. They can be found living in grasslands, savannas, and shrublands. It is one of the smallest bird species in Africa and only measures in at eight centimeters.
0: Oh, that's pretty small.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh goodness! Yes.
0: It's like a hummingbird. Yep. It's so cute. Okay. Tiny beans. I mean, it's, I'm looking at it. It's not actually that cute, but it's. What? I mean, it's just it's a basic bird.
1: It's so mean.
0: I mean, they're little. Why does that mean? Because
1: they're adorable.
0: So they're small, so yeah. that's cute, but they're like their colors aren't exciting. Yeah.
1: So they are a largely insectivorous species that uses their beak to probe into cracks crux and crevices to find insects to eat, but they will also feed on nectar, seeds, fruit, and they will usually forage as a family unit. They are monogamous species that will sometimes have a couple of helpers from their previous clutch... Cat, cat, <laughs> ...tagging along. <laughs> This species, along with other species of pendulum tit, are known for their elaborate nest-building skills. Their nests can be 15 centimeters high and about 9 centimeters wide and deep, and are usually constructed in a pear shape. The nests are nearly white in color, and the tits construct them out of soft plant material, and it kind of looks like it's been made out of cotton wool. Aww. And these nests take a long time to build. On average, it will take between 20 to 35 days for the nest to be completed. Wow. These nests ha- have to be durable because where they live, they can be confronted with strong winds. So they will often use spider web to attach their nest to the branch of the tree they have built them on. Okay. However, the nest's greatest feature is not its strength, but its built-in anti-predator defenses. The helpless chicks inside would make an easy target for something like a snake, and due to their small size, the parents would be largely helpless to protect them. Okay. So instead, the parents build in a false entrance to deceive any would-be predators that may try to come after their eggs or the chicks. On the outside of the nest, there is a solid lower portion that has a notch with a roof on it, which resembles an entrance. But this opening will lead the predator into a small empty chamber. In actuality, the real entrance is located just on top of the false opening. And the roof above the false opening is actually acts like a trap door. And it will automatically close once the tit either has entered or left the nest.
0: Oh, well, that's cool.
1: And when the tit wants to enter the nest, it will have to use its foot to pry it open into (laughs) the get into the hidden entrance. That's funny. Yep. The nests are not just used for raising chicks. When the breeding season is over, the nest will act as a shelter for the whole family and sometimes over 10 Cape Pendulum tits can spend their night tucked away in safety. Aww. The Cape Pendulum tit is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list and their populations are stable. The species is not facing any major threats at the moment, but people do sometimes take the nests as decorative pieces.
0: Ah, that's not very nice. Yep. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um, I became aware of this animal because of the animal park. (laughs) And they're always cool. And I was looking for an excuse to talk about them. And then Casey's category was perfect. I was like, great. They're not a raptor. Perfect. Um, So I think this is basically just the the overarching species. Yes, Mm -hmm. correct, of these guys? Yeah. So I know them as the East African crown crane and the West African crown crane. But we are going with the gray crown crane, which is what they fall into. And their scientific name is Bellerica regulorum. Love regulorum so much. These birds are also known as East African crown cranes, so it comes as no surprise that they are found in Eastern Africa and Southern Africa, including countries like South Africa. I <laughs> you <me> abbreviated that. <laughs> Zambia, Mozambique, and Zimbabwe. And as a crane species, they prefer to live in wetland habitats with permanent bodies of water. They can live to be an average of 20 to 25 years. That's pretty good. They are 1.2 meters tall, have a 1.5 meter wingspan, and they weigh about 3.5 kilograms. They are omnivorous, feeding on a variety of aquatic plants, worms, insects, and even small lizards. These birds will actually stomp their feet as they walk across grass in order to flush out insects and other potential prey for them to pick off as they scurry for safety. They are also known to follow herds of large mammals to pick off the insects that get startled off by herds' movements. The bird's most notable feature is its its assortment of funky feathers. Is that the technical term of that? Yeah. Okay, great. Of funky feathers on top of its head that resembles a crown and gives it its name. I don't know if I'd say that's a crown. I don't know what I would say that is. It's just a big... Pincushion on pin top pin of their cushion. head. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. Anyway, the bird's high stature and peripheral vision allows it to keep an eye out for any predators that may be hiding in the tall grasses of the sub-Saharan home, of its sub-Saharan home. Like so many bird species out there, the crown crane is well known for its intricate mating ritual consisting of dance. The dance includes some bobbing, a little flapping of the wings, and spinning around in a not-so-elegant circle around each other. These birds are usually found living in pairs with their mates, but occasionally live in flocks of up to 30 birds. One unique aspect of the crown crane is that they are the only crane species that will roost in trees while other species remain on the ground. Oh, that's cool. A mated pair will also have their own unique unison call that they will use to let other birds to let other birds to stay away. I guess to tell other birds to stay away. Cool. That's better. Uh, (laughs) This usually triggers other pairs in the flocks to announce their own calls and leads to a chorus of cranes. (laughs) A mated pair will usually keep its family and unit together until um, about a year before the youngsters go off to find their own flock. Fun fact, the crown crane is the national bird of Uganda. And there are some people in Africa that believe that these cranes hold the ability to bring rain and have incorporated pictures of the crown crane into their own rituals in hope of bringing the rainy season. Unfortunately, the Grey Crown Crane is, that's a fun thing to say, the Grey Crown Crane is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List, and their population is decreasing. They are most threatened by loss of their wetland habitat due to expansion of agricultural field field and housing. The marshes they live in are also getting drained to supply water for farming. And they're also losing food resources due to heavy pesticide use and overgrazing from livestock. That is the gray crown crane. They're really pretty. Obviously, you'll see a picture. And they're super cool looking. So there we go. And Casey.
1: Yes, Allie?
0: I'm a little late to the party, but what do you call a bunch of rabbits backing away from you?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: A receding hairline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. ah, there we go. All right. And that is going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is
1: the lapid-faced vulture the
0: lapid-faced vulture tell us about them
1: so these guys come from the order asipitriformes okay and they are in the family Ascipitridae.
0: is that pretty much like all the vultures
1: yeah okay most nearly all of birds of prey (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. okay
1: and their scientific name is Torgos tracheolotis that's fun this species can be found throughout central and southern Africa but its range has become increasingly fragmented over the years. They can be found in a variety of habitats like deserts, grasslands, savannas, and open woodlands, but prefer more open habitats, which is ideal for foraging. They can live to be over 50 years. And the Lapid-faced vulture is actually the largest vulture in Africa, about 95 to 115 centimeters long, and have a wingspan of 2.5 to 2.9 meters. 105?
0: 115. Oh, 15. Oh, dear. Hang on. There we go. That's a that's a big vulture. Yep. How big was the wingspan? Two and
1: a half to 2.9 meters.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> their wingspan is so big. Yep. I have seen these and I did not know they're... I they guess they never have their wings out. Yeah. That's crazy. They don't look that big. Yep. Whoa. Okay. Continue.
1: They can weigh from four and a half to 9.4 kilograms. Just like other vultures, the lapid-faced vulture is a carrion bird that scavenges on the carcasses of dead animals. This species gets its name because of the folds of skin on the sides of its neck, which are called lapids. Like other vultures, they are a monogamous species and both parents will help raise the chicks. During the nesting season, they will construct a large nesting platform that can be 2 meters across and are usually constructed on top of a large tree. And the female will usually lay just a single egg. But both parents will incubate the egg, but the mother will spend most of the time performing this task. And after the egg hatches, one of the parents will stay at the nest or in very close proximity to keep an eye on the hatchling to protect it against other predators like ravens and other vultures. Okay. Because they lack grasping talons, they cannot carry food back to the nest and instead will store food in their crop and regurgitate it to feed the chick once they return.
0: Yummy, yummy. (laughs)
1: The parents will also provide shade for their chick by spreading out their wings to block the sun and prevent them from overheating, and they will care for their chick until they're about five months old. Okay. These birds can soar up to 4,500 meters above sea level, and they use their excellent vision to locate decaying carcasses, and unlike turkey vultures, they have a very poor sense of smell. (laughs) They are able to soar in circles at these heights through the help of thermal drafts. With the warm air rising, they can simply spread out their wings and ride these thermals to great heights to scan for food without expending energy flapping their wings. Other birds of prey will do this, but vultures are particularly good at it. They also look for circling congregations of other vultures as an indication of where food might be available. The lapid-faced vulture is actually an important species of vulture amongst the scavenging communities because as the largest vulture in Africa, they are among the few that have the strength and robust enough beak that can tear through the tough hide of certain species, especially the large herbivores. Hmm, okay. So they are often the first vultures to arrive at a carcass, and if they are late to the feast, they can simply chase away other vultures and other scavengers, and have even been known to chase away jackals. Oh, wow. Because of this, the lappet-faced vulture gets first pickings and will feed on the larger muscles and organs. And when they are eventually done, the smaller vultures will move in to pick off what's left.
0: That surprised me about chasing off jackals when you Mm -hmm. don't have talons.
1: Yep. They can't hurt. Intimidation. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Size, because it's a (sighs) big bird. (laughs) Because of their scavenging lifestyle, they will shove their heads into a carcass to feed... And they have that stereotypical vulture look, with a largely bald head, since feathers would just get in the way and get messy. And if it had feathers on its head, rotting meat could easily get stuck in their feathers, and it would become a breeding ground for bacteria and cause the vulture to get sick and possibly die. This bald head has other purposes too. Because of their hot environment, this bald helps the bird to thermoregulate and helps to raise its body temperature, especially after sunrise. They also have the ability to lower their metabolism at night while they are sleeping and drops their body temperature, and this reduces the amount of calories it burns and helps to preserve energy.
0: That's crazy. Mm -hmm.
1: This is a very important adaptation because due to their scavenging lifestyle, they cannot go out and hunt, so lacking a predictable food source, this allows them to sustain themselves for long times between meals.
0: That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's a stressful life. Yep. (laughs) Oh, God
1: they also will be seen perching with their wings stretched out which is a behavior seen in several vultures and this is another adaptation for thermoregulation because the outstretched wing increases the surface area and act like solar panels to increase heat absorption from the sun this sunbathing behavior also helps to get rid of parasites that may be hiding in the bird's feathers by exposing them to uv light and the heat from the sun which causes the parasites to move around to get away uh, making it easier for the bird to pick them off while preening. Oh,
0: that's cool.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, the Lapid-Faced Vulture is currently listed as endangered by the IUCN Red List, and their populations are continuing to decline, and it's estimated there are less than 7,000 mature birds left in the wild. Wow. The most significant threat to the Lapid-Faced Vulture and Old World Vultures in general is Poisoning. Farmers will poison carcasses as part of predator control to protect their livestock from potential predators that might be attracted to carcasses. And in one poisoning event in Namibia, 86 birds were killed, which is roughly 10% of Namibia's population. Oh
0: my gosh. Mm-hmm.
1: Poachers will also intentionally poison vultures because the vultures will circle around carcasses of rhinos, elephants, and other animals poachers oh. kill. Which may attract the attention of local authorities. Authorities, that's yep.
0: crazy. Mm-hmm. Fuck poachers. Yep.
1: So old world vultures, a lot of them are endangered now because of that.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You're being an asshole twice. Yep. You get what's coming to you. <laughs> like the lions that ate that group of poachers. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that story now. I
0: love it. no one <laughs> felt bad. Like that's nobody accurate. Did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same when the hunter, the elephant fell on him. I'm like, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you get. But yeah,
1: um, <laughs> I remember when my boss came back from Africa, she was telling that to some of my co yeah. like because they hardly ever, sometimes they hardly ever see vultures now when they go out.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I would expect to see a lot of them because yeah. there would be a lot of carcasses, a lot of mm-hmm. kills, and the animals just dying of whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, <laughs> moving from that, ex- fun, happy mm-hmm. news. Yeah. Um, Alright, it is time. We haven't done an alphabet challenge type thing in a while, so... We are going to do, we're hopefully going to do it. I don't know if we can do one for everything, but um, we are going to be doing an alphabet challenge where we have to do an animal for every alphabet, what? Every letter of the alphabet, um, but Africa only.
1: Africa oh boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think we can do it. I think for the most part, we can do it. All right. Uh, we're going to see who goes first. I'm even your odd. Oh, wasted Thousand. 20. <laughs> ah, not 20. Just wasted on a podcast and I'm trying to get evens. Okay. Or evens or odds. All right. I go first. Uh, we got the timer ready. Yes. Uh, oh, we haven't done this in a while. 10 minutes? 5 minutes? Five, 10 minutes? Oh,
1: wait. No, it is 5 minutes.
0: I think it's 5. Yeah. That makes sense. 26 letters.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So um, if we have to skip any, then I think we have to go back to the alphabet to, like, make up the ones we skipped. You know okay. I mean? Okay. Okay. But we'll see how many we get. We just try to go through the alphabet as many times as we can. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Okay, so uh, we're going to go ready. I'm going first. Yep. And go. Right. Uh. What? Baboon. Sure, great. <laughs> uh, I don't what Do I go basic or do I go? I'll, I'll go caracal.
1: D. Uh, D. I can
0: think of one. That's one of my picks.
1: It was? Yeah. This month? No. Oh.
0: The last is it from Africa, so it was last season. Uh. They're over by um what we call the heart of Africa. Oh, Dick Dick. That's not what I was gonna say, but to oh, work, <laughs> <laughs> Um E Euromastics.
1: Nope, that's not how you spell it.
0: <laughs> it's a U first? It's a U. Oh that's good. We have something for you. <laughs> okay. Um I'll say Eland then fox. Okay. It's, I don't have the L in front of me. G. Okay. Um, are goliath frogs from Africa? They are. Okay. Goliath frog.
1: Mm-hmm. H. Oh my goodness.
0: I would accept the second part of the one animal's name. You said it. It was one of your picks. This year? Yeah.
1: Oh, boy.
0: It was literally, like, a couple episodes ago. Oh, what? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's different types of them. Like, think...
1: we did it today? Or... No, no, no. Like... Or...
0: I think it was, like, our first episode or something of Africa. Oh, lordy. Dude, there's one that's so obvious, though. Forget that. Like, so obvious. Hip Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I impala that's an i right
1: yes it is yeah okay J, jekyll
0: yay um jk is that right here? Yep, K? K. I was like king cobra <laughs> uh, inaccurate um then i was like a koala also not a thing um oh you said a dick dick so i feel like i can't do kirk's dick dick <laughs> a kudu
1: yeah kudu I, is well, K. accept
0: kudu right okay
1: l i don't want to do L- it
0: i mean just do it no lemur okay great uh lm is um, that where we R- are m i'm just pulling animals from all over with like a main wolf <laughs> nope mm-hmm. um a meerkat
1: yep and nala
0: okay um, nala or nyala? nyala okay i was like nala is of character nyala. <laughs> okay <Nala>. oh <laughs> Um, nope, they're not in Africa. Um, oh, oh, copy.
1: Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> <laughs> P, pangolin. Okay. Oh, uh,
0: Q. Q? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know of a Q.
1: Let me think.
0: I don't think there's gonna be a q there might not be okay we have to make up one passing q oh am i going to the next one okay i'm going to the next one that's fine yeah since you that's fine i don't want to say it because you already said lemur
1: yeah
0: Mm, but i might say it anyway i feel like you can't knock out all the lemurs
1: Mm
0: -hmm. well rhinoceros i'll go basic i'll do that
1: okay Sidutanga.
0: Okay. R-S-T. Oh, no. Is it... You said it earlier. What are those things called? Well, a tegu is a thing, but that's not from Africa. Nope, that's South America. Um... Tamandu? What is that thing? It's over at the, the children's zoo you just said?
1: Oh, Tamandua, South America. God oh,
0: damn it. I'm going to have two that are f- <laughs> fails immediately. Ugh.
1: I feel like there has to be something with a T that we're. You would think. Think.
0: How are we doing on time? Thirty seconds. Oh Jesus! Well, we're passing. Great. We'll go to the next one. I was. You. <laughs> to you. You're a mastix. <laughs> yep.
1: V. Oh boy. Vulture.
0: Great. That was really basic nice Verbet, I think you could have said oh, V yeah. W. Is that yeah, where we are? W W. Uh, wildebeest.
1: X. There cannot be an X. I don't know. How few animals have X?
0: I don't know. Where do X-ray textures come from? Are they South America?
1: I think they're Asia. So You know why that's my alarm? Because I was trying to find the most annoying alarm as up. my alarm clock. Okay. I tried practicing it once. It did not wake me up.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So I had
1: to make a Spotify playlist of loud, loud annoying music. alarms to wake me up that's
0: amazing mm-hmm. i used to have at one point i had carmina barana on there it's very dramatic well i'm sorry that was a lie that was my ringtone for work so i knew not to answer it because it was very dramatic and see what they wanted first and then i had um circle of life at one point point. and you did it and it's like oh time to get up um okay so we failed many things well, why? What would Well, let's just see. What would Y and Z have been? Obviously, Z would
1: be a zebra. hmm Y would be Y. Y. Um, Yellowed-backed diker. Dukier? It's pronounced diker.
0: Really? Yellow backed is a thing? A diker? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I I'm double-checking that now. I don't know. I might be wrong. Let's, okay. Let's anyway. So, we didn't get T... Right? We yeah. didn't get a T, we didn't get a Who was the other one we didn't get? <laughs> was T the first one we didn't get?
1: Uh no, there was something else. Q Q Q,
0: Q t, t what? Q T and we died at U? No. W. There's so many. X and Z. So many who's that Q's? Dikers. Damn it. What?
1: so many diker species 22 oh so i'm seeing if there's a yellow
0: oh, we missed four
1: okay yes yellow back diker
0: yay Woo-woo. okay are there any x ex- wait who was the first one we screwed up q q Let's see if there's any q's let me see i don't know if there would be i feel like it would have to be a bird or something fascinating while he's doing that this is your reminder that um this is our last episode until february so i hope everyone has a great new year and uh we will be taking our mid-season break but we will be back in february with asia so that's gonna have some cool animals for sure any luck yet
1: let me double check i'm making sure it's in the right region yes yes what is it? Kelea.
0: Oh, come on. It's a bird. Great. So, Q, U was another No, not U. T. Mm-hmm. There has to be a T. There should be a bird that's a T.
1: Uh, I am pissed. I am pissed. What? Tenrec. Okay, well, I wouldn't have known that that was, so. Mm-hmm. I do because I always explain it. It's like it's not a hedgehog. It just looks like one Aww. over in Nairobi Station.
0: Oh, over. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <sighs> I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: No, because especially because like one of my friends, she's just absolutely wrong. It's like they shouldn't say it's not saying it's not a ten rack. Does not. It's not a hedgehog. Doesn't make sense. It's like no, they're completely different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <sighs> um well let's see the quagga is extinct
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: from Africa yeah. it's just a
1: subspecies of zebra
0: I don't think um that there is anything <laughs> that's a Q from Africa
1: besides that bird
0: oh right you had that bird who was the other one we didn't have oh X see there's an X let's see. obviously Z we would have had zebra that would have been easy mm-hmm. A Xerxes?
1: Xerusis. is a kind of ground squirrel. Okay. I think that might just be the scientific name. Oh, okay. Yeah, because their common names are ground squirrel, but the scientific name is Xerxes.
0: Okay, well, there you go got something anyway okay well we did okay i mean i figured there'd be like two that we wouldn't get yeah obviously but i think we went missed four total technically i Mm -hmm. mean we missed the which we would have had so we missed x oh we didn't get y either yeah because we ended at x yeah you said something yellow back it's just that we missed so we missed five oof that's pretty rough yep ouch Okay, well, um, that was not our best showing. I thought it'd go a little bit better. I thought we would miss two. Mm -hmm. Um, It did not go great, though, so oopsies. And we didn't even get to, like, double back Mm -hmm. to the front to make up for it, which would have been easy. What would we have said for A?
1: Let's see. There's Aardvark, um, Afkin Painted (laughs) Dog.
0: Okay, yeah, we can call it that, I guess. There's some that go by different names. Oh,
1: I know. What was the H that I missed?
0: Carola? Pyrax. Huh. Yep. There we go. But Hirolo is also an antelope thing. Mm. Anyway, there you go. All right. Well, um, that's that's fitting for us. I mean, we usually don't do great, so let's be real. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to episode 107 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie.
1: And Casey. And
0: we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast in 2023. <laughs>